0: Washington hosts the Green Bay Packers in week seven of the 2022 NFL season here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. I will be previewing this week seven matchup, but we'll be spending a lot of time covering what the quarterback position is going to look like for Washington going forward, as well as looking at some of the top headlines in the NFL, including Christian McCaffrey going to the San Francisco 49ers. All of that and much more coming up next right here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and follow if you have not done any of that already. I really appreciate it. It only takes a few seconds, so please make sure you do that. So Washington is going to be hosting the Packers at FedEx Field in week seven. This is the first time Washington will host the Packers since September 23rd in 2018. Washington is 13 and 15 against the Packers, uh, dating all the way back to 1941, and is 8 and 4 against the Packers at home. Washington has defeated the Packers three straight times at home, dating back to 2010. And in the month of October, Washington is 5 and 7 against the Packers. And Washington is looking for back to back wins over an NFC North opponent for the first time since 2016. So Carson Wentz, he was placed on IR with that finger injury. He had surgery on it on Monday, and he looks to be out for at least four to six weeks. Before I do get into the preview for the Commanders, Carson Wentz is going to, he's really in a tough spot right here, because if Taylor Heineke plays well, then it would make sense for the Commanders to stick with Taylor Heineke. If Taylor Heineke does not play well, then the commanders are going to need to go to Sam Howell because at that point their season is going to be over, so there's no point in playing Carson Wentz. The only real way that Carson Wentz does end up getting a shot here and it is if Taylor Heineke is kind of average. And that is completely possible if Taylor Heineke goes out and, let's say, he wins three games, he loses three games. You know, you could see Carson Wentz going back in with Washington Washington being at what 5 and 7 which at that point you could say the season season's over and you should put in towel and that line of thinking would be correct but Washington spending all the capital that they did on Carson Wentz, the draft picks, the the cap, all of that uh that would still probably be the closest that Carson Wentz has to actually being the starting quarterback here in Washington once again but overall if I was to give my opinion I really think this is the last time we we've seen Carson Wentz was in Chicago. I think that, that that finger injury, unless he comes back early, um, if he goes out for five to six weeks, I, I really think it's going to be very tough for him to get his, his job back. Now, do I think that Ron Rivera and this front office are going to be like, you know, Sam Howell's not ready. We don't want to throw him off, throw him into the deep end. And they're just going to try and get a few more starts out of once, even if the season's already over? Yeah, that could happen. But you're looking at. A team in Washington, even if they do go three and three, as I said, they'd be they'd be five and seven. Um, at that point, looking at even where the division is, you've got the Eagles who are still undefeated, uh, the Dallas who has two losses, and then the Giants who only have one loss. Your division is it's over. There, you don't really have a chance to win the division. Uh, sitting at two and four, unless Taylor Heineke balls out, and there have been some reports coming out that Taylor Heineke. Uh, definitely ha- had improved through training camp, uh, that his arm had gotten a little stronger. I, that may be true. But I, I think that this is a, a good good test because even if Tyler Heineke does go out and, and uh, play like an all-star against the Packers, that's really not going to show anything sustainable because isn't that really what backups do? I mean, backups in, for the first two, three games can play well, but over an extended period of time, as we saw last year with Taylor Heineke, uh, overall they, they kind of show you that they are the number two quarterback and not a long term solution. So I I don't see this as being helpful. I understand why Washington is going to Taylor Heineke, but if I am if I am the GM of the Washington Commanders, if I, I I'm going to put in Sam Howell. I need to see what he what he can do, because th- this team is not headed in the right direction. So at, at this point, you're looking at a team in Washington that is definitely going to be picking in the top ten, and hopefully we'll be picking top five. If if we really, you know, cross your fingers, knock on wood, that Washington doesn't just go on some late game winning streak and uh, and, and lose that uh, lose those those top high draft picks that they do often. Uh, if you look at last year, even, where Washington wasn't wasn't headed anywhere, but, you know, they win four in a row down the stretch, and that really screws over their, their selection. Um, but back, back to the quarterback uh, situation here in Washington. If Taylor Heineke goes out and, like, I, I think he will play well this week. This is a Packers defense who, one, uh, they are the best pass defense in the NFL. They are the best third down defense in the NFL, but this is a Packers defense that is underperforming, and I, I know it sounds silly that they are underperforming, even though they're first in passing and passing and first and third down, but you look at the pieces on that Packers defense, you know, you've got guys like Eric Stokes, J.R. Alexander, Darnell Savage uh, at safety, Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, a former uh, Redskin, you've got, Really good rookie in Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia who hasn't really gotten too, too many reps. You've got Rashawn Gary, a really great stud at that uh, linebacker position who has six sacks on the team. He leads the team in sacks. uh, Came out of Michigan a few years ago. And then you also have Devondra Campbell, another linebacker who is a tackling machine. He has 49 tackles right now for the Green Bay Packers leading the team in tackles. So they have pieces on defense. And they just haven't put it all together yet. What I am more uh, more concerned about for this Packers team is that offense. And concern isn't the right word. Uh, I want to focus more of my attention on this offense because at some point, this defense is going to get right for Green Bay because they have too many good players. Uh, too many good players to continue to not perform at the level they are capable of. Offensively, though, this is a banged-up receiving court in general. Uh, you already have no Devontae Adams. He lost Marquez valdez Uh Again, who's not a world-beater, but, you know, someone who was helpful for Aaron Rodgers. Randall Cobb, his go-to target, is going to be out this game. Christian Watson, the rookie, is also going to be out. So it's going to be Romeo Dabbs. And then a bunch of other guys because this Green Bay offense does not have any weapons. The only real threat is going to be Aaron Jones as a receiver, possibly out of the backfield. And then their tight end, Robert Tanyan, who is he, he's pretty good. Um, He can be a, a solid receiver for you. He really has not performed well this year. But overall, and then, oh, sorry, excuse me, you also have Alan Zard. Uh, Alan Lazard leads the team in touchdowns with four. He also leads the team in receiving yards with 285. Alan Lazard is not a true number one receiver, but he, he is someone who can be capable. And, you know, it, it's going to be him and Romeo Dobbs because they don't really have too many other weapons. So, this is a, a great chance for a Washington defense to step up to get after Aaron Rodgers. Who, by the way, uh, this is definitely not the Aaron Rodgers we've seen the last over the last few years. And I know he's getting older, so obviously he's going to start to regress. But even when it comes to him making those those little flick flick of the wrist throws, I mean, those ain't happening anymore. Uh, this is a guy who has struggled over the over the course of the season. The Packers sitting at three and three. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who can. I mean, he, he can get this team right if he needs it, but at some point or another, age does become a factor. And I'm not saying this is the year that he just falls off completely. But that's coming. And Washington has a great chance going into Green Bay to take advantage of a depleted and just a a weaponless Green Bay offense and to get a win. You look at washington secondary and william jackson is out obviously he's he has it's says he has a back injury uh there was the news that came out he requested trade so you know what, whatever you want to believe there maybe it is the back maybe it's just because he doesn't want to play but he is not going to be playing for them on sunday uh you've got kendall fuller who is still struggling he is the fourth highest played player on the team how about rashad wild goose though I think he has definitely stepped up his game. It was a nightmare watching him in his first game. I really didn't think that was going to get turned around, but it actually has. Uh, And he played fairly well against the Bears. The problem with the Bears game is that the Bears are so bad that when you see guys like Rashad Wild Goose play well, when you see guys like a... John Allen play well which by the way John Allen I mean that guy's a stud he also is tied for the team lead in interceptions Derek Forrest and John Allen tied with one uh leading the team in interceptions very uh sad there shows the lack of turnovers this Washington team has continued to struggle with but the problem with that Bears game is that the Bears are so bad that any other team should be able to destroy the Bears like our players should play well against the Bears. I'm not really too excited that, like Montez Sweat, got some sacks against a, a rookie tackle. Like that should happen. I, I'm expecting that. And I'm not I'm not saying that the, like we should just discard those stats, and and really not take that any of that into consideration. No, he he played well, but they should. That's the Bears are arguably the worst team in football. And. That, that's why I think that, that Bears game is really hard to take anything away from because either way you look at it, it's really not good because this team almost lost to that, that debacle uh, we call a football team. Carson Wentz had 99 yards. How do you have 99 yards in a, a passing league in 2022? It just shows. And, yes, he was hurt. He had, he had a broken finger. But, I mean, we, we, we've seen hurt quarterbacks all the time. Who have thrown for more than ninety nine yards? I mean, that is that their backups that could do better than that. But uh, overall, I, I think that you know you've got some guys who who played well in Chicago, who can really build on that performance here in Green Bay. Rashad Wild Goose being one of those guys, uh, and he's not you know nothing too flashy from Rashad Wild Goose, but I think he's he's a guy who they can use as a depth player if needed Uh, I definitely don't like the idea of him starting but you know at this point uh, you got to do what you got to do with William Jackson uh, because that honestly I'd rather have Wild Goose over uh, WJ3 but one thing I want to hit on is for the offensive side of the football for Washington you've got Terry McLaurin who is obviously a star Uh, he is going to be followed by jair alexander arguably one of the best corners in football jair alexander when he played man coverage last week and that was a big thing that has been an issue with the packers is that their defensive coordinator has not wanted to play man coverage um surprise enough he actually has been kind of doing what jack del rio has been doing with a lot of soft zone coverage Um, but they did play man coverage against the jets and Jair Alexander on four targets, allowed no catches. Uh, He traveled with Garrett Wilson, the number one receiver for the Jets. Uh, Wilson, obviously a rookie out of Ohio State, um, and he's obviously not anything uh, too crazy, but still a really good shutdown performance from Jair Alexander. And I assume he's going to be doing the same thing against Washington. So for Washington, you've got Jair Alexander on Terry McLaurin. Eric Stokes will most likely be following Curtis Samuel. Um, one big thing for Washington is if Jahan Dotson will play. He is currently questionable with a hamstring injury. Among the other injured players for Washington, you've got John Bates, who is questionable with a hamstring injury. Yami Brown out with a groin. Logan Thomas out with a calf. Jonathan Williams out with a knee. Tariq Castro-Fields was placed on IR with a knee injury after he was elevated Sam Cosme is questionable with a finger. Now, there has been some news that Sam Cosme will be rotated to guard if he does come in because you look at the tackles for Washington, Cornelius Lucas and Charles Leno, those guys are not the problem. It is the interior. So you rotate a guy like Cosme in to a guard and you look at, I mean, that's what Washington did with Brandon Sheriff. They drafted Sheriff as a tackle and then rotated him to guard. So maybe you use Cosme as a guard and that's your, that's, that's your solution. I don't know, but it's going to be worth a shot because it really can't play too much worse than what we have done recently at that interior line position. But Jahan Dotson's going to be a big, a big question mark uh, if he does, if he can go. That's really going to help open up this, this, this offense. You've got no Logan Thomas, and you've got uh, John Bates, who's questionable. So you're going to see a lot of Cole Turner, a lot of Amari Rodgers, or Amani Rodgers, excuse me. Amari Rodgers is the Packers receiver. Taylor Heineke has a a great chance here to play well. And looking at the weapons that Washington has added, you know, you've got healthy Curtis Samuel. You may have John Dotson. Those two guys right there can definitely help out Taylor Heineke. Cole Turner, Amani Rodgers. Taylor Heineke has... Much better weapons and a much better chance to play well because of a a offense that has more more depth, more overall weapons in general. Uh, there are some things obviously Heineke can't do with that with the deep ball, so opening up that that part. But you look at Heineke's speed, Heineke's legs. I mean, that guy, he can run. He's got some wiggle to him, uh, as we saw last year. So that is also going to open up part of the playback for Washington. Now, one of the questions I have is, are they going to do designed runs with Heineke? I would assume so, because if they gave Carson Wentz a designed QB draw against the Bears, which, by the way, what a really bad call. I mean, Carson Wentz cannot run at all. He looked so slow. Uh, But that's a whole different topic altogether. I think that they will get Taylor Heineke some runs, uh, some design QB runs, and I'm actually really excited to see what Heineke can do there. But for Washington, you know, looking at their their stats overall um, on the year, they are 24th in total offense, 29th in scoring offense, 18 in passing passing offense, 31st in sacks allowed, uh, 23 sacks allowed on the year. They are 24th in rushing offense. 26th and third down offense. They are on total defense, 19th, 18th in scoring defense, 15th in passing defense. They are tied for fourth in sacks in the NFL with 19. John Allen and Jerron Payne tied for the team lead in sacks with three and a half. 25th on rushing defense. How about this? Washington, third in the league and third down defense, giving up only 31.7% of the third downs. So Washington, you know, they, I mean, stats don't lie. This is not a good team. And they have a good chance, though, to go and win against a Packers offense that, again, or a Packers team in general that is really still kind of underperforming and still trying to get get their feet underneath of them. But some some questions I have going into this game is, Taylor Heineke, when he was the starting quarterback for this team last year, Terry McLaurin was his best friend. So I I really expect to see Terry McLaurin get the ball a lot, but that's one of my questions is, is Terry McLaurin going to get the ball? Uh, as I just said, I expect it to happen. These Taylor Heineke threw the ball a ton to Terry McLaurin last year, uh, albeit that may have been because he had no other receivers to throw it to. Uh, we'll find out on Sunday, but I do think that Taylor Heineke is going to give Terry the ball. And, I mean, something that really shouldn't be an issue, getting the ball to your best player, but uh, it still is going into Week 7. And then looking at the, the defense side of the ball for Washington, are these DBs going to be able to hang with the Green Bay receivers? Green Bay doesn't have really anything special at the receiver position. Not that our DBs have been playing well at all, but at some point you've got to play well against guys that are really bad. Um, And I think this is a great opportunity for the Commanders DBs to finally step up, um, even if it is against a a really poor group of Green Bay receivers. And then finally, is Washington going to continue to run the ball? Uh, We've seen them kind of get away from the run a little bit over these past few weeks. I, I need to see more Antonio Gibson, and I know... I like Brian Robinson a lot, but you cannot just phase Gibson out immediately. Gibson is not the number one back. But you got to give him some the carries because he has that speed. He has that burst. He can break off those long runs. I want to see Brian Robinson as well. I want him to get more and more carries. I think what Robinson really needs to work on is to kind of just improve the the, the lanes where he's running because... I don't want him just kind of be this bowling ball that just once he hits contact, he just doesn't really go anywhere. I need him to use some of that speed, use some of that elusiveness to cut through those cut through those gaps, cut through those holes, and and turn it upfield. I need him to, to quickly get into that second gear and get going because I think he can do it. Uh, obviously, this this O-line is, is not the greatest, but I, I still think at some point it's the running back that's got to make that happen. So, for Washington, going up against the Packers, I, I want to see some more, some, some better play calling in general from Scott Turner. And I know I keep keep harping on this. He's going up against uh, a, a really vanilla defense called by the Packers D coordinator, Joe Barry. At some point, Scott Turner, uh, I mean, he has... These All these different versatile weapons, whether that's Gibson, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, if he does play, he's got to start going up to the whiteboard and drawing up some crazy stuff. And it, it doesn't need to be too crazy. I mean, I'm not expecting him to just call a bunch of flea flickers. But, I mean, at some point, you need to stray away from those little wide receiver screens he loves. He needs to stray away from his... His little short passing game, and you have good weapons now. Please make use of them, because I can't tell you how many times I check the stats sheet after a commanders game, and it's like, why does Logan Thomas have two targets? Why does Curtis Samuel have only six targets? Why does Jahan Dotson been throwing the ball like four times? They have weapons. I I need Scott Turner to use them, because at some point. We can only give Scott Turner so much before he's—he's—we realize he's just not up to the job. He's got to show us that he can use the weapons at his disposal. I've seen offensive coordinators use a lot worse players and make the team a lot better. And at some point, Scott Turner has got to realize that th- this does matter. Your 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 job may be on the line if you cannot get this figured out. The offensive line, as I mentioned, has struggled. The Packers, currently fifth in the league in sacks. And the, the Packers, five or more players on their team with eight pressures uh, or more. As I mentioned, guys like Rashawn Gary, uh, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, uh, Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark have over 18 pressures each, uh, and they, they're boasting a, a pass rush uh, win rate of over 27%. If Sam Cosme can't come back and get in the guard, that would be helpful for this team. You've got Chase Rulia, who still continues to to struggle uh, with that injury. I will say, however, in the Bears game, Tyler Larson, he played much, much better uh, than the Nick Martin experiment that Washington uh, tried, tried, to, tried to work with. And on the flip side, Washington's D-line against the Packers O-line. I mean, you've got John Allen, Ron Payne, two guys who are stars, arguably. Montez Sweat, who, you know, performed really well against the Bears. He's going to go up against one of the better tackles in the league, David Bachtiardi. This is, this is really a big matchup, uh, mainly because this is, if Sweat really is the real deal, um, if he can be someone who wants to be here in the long run, He's going to need to play well against Dave Bakhtiardi. And, and then I, I think that overall, Washington's D-line in general, you've got this two-headed monster in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Washington has struggled throughout the season against the run. Uh, at some point, I, I think they need they, they got to be able to figure it out, and whether that's this week or later down the road, this is a, a Packers team that likes to run the ball a lot because they don't have those weapons. They do not have the the weapons to pass it, so they're going to turn to that run game a lot, and I really think that's what's going to happen. Going into this game, I, I don't think that the Commanders lose this game. I, I think the Packers are too bad. Washington's going to come out here with a win. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I think that the Commanders are going to get a win. I have been... When I do my predictions, I have been scoring those way too high. I've had high expectations for this offense that have not been met week after week after week. I think Washington is going to give up 14 points on defense, and I think on offense they score 20. I think they get two touchdowns, two field goals. 20-14 is going to be the final score of that game. I think that with Taylor Heineke, he's going to give this team a boost. I think that just the way Taylor Heineke plays, that, that backyard-style football, uh, scrambling around, making plays, I, I think that he's going to give this team a boost. I think they're going to get a win. Now, whether that's going to be sustainable or not, uh, I'd probably have to go with no. But I, I think that Washington is going to be able to to make some plays and get get on the board and beat the Packers. Coming up next, I will be discussing possible trade options for the Commanders. I do believe they should be sellers at the deadline. And then I will be breaking down some of the top headlines in the NFL, including the Christian McCaffrey trade to the 49ers. Washington, and generally in football in general, you really don't see teams be buyers or sellers, kind of like you do see in and the MLB. I I think that it should be adapted to some point because this team really is not going to go anywhere. Deron Payne is one of those key players that doesn't look like they're going to get a contract done with him. And I I think that's a good decision overall. You can't pay a guy like Payne uh, and then, you know, maybe you don't pay Sweat, but you got Chase coming up and... You know, we're going to have to see whether Chase is up for the task, which still, no news whether Chase Young is going to be playing or not. So you've got Pain, uh, William Jackson requesting a trade. Now, I don't know who in their right mind would trade for him. I would not if I was a GM of an NFL team. But, you know, you never, you never know. They're, they're GMs who make really bad decisions like this all the time. I think at this point, get whatever you can for William Jackson. Um... This is not working out, so just get rid of him. Get what you can. And then somebody else I'm looking at for potential trade candidates for the Commanders is Bobby McCain. And Bob McCain hasn't really played. One, he hasn't played as well as you like. But two, he, he hasn't. He's kind of been in the middle. He's just kind of average. I would try and spin Bob McCain. Give him try and give him to a team who needs some some safety depth or even just to start in safety in general. I don't think that they're gonna get much for him, but I think you gotta give Percy Butler an opportunity there. Maybe you switch Derek Forrest over to that that free safety position. But Bob McCain's a guy who I think they gotta move on from because in the secondary he is not helping them out at all. Uh, not that really anyone else in the secondary is doing any good. Uh, outside of guys like Cam Curl and and Derek Forrest. Uh, Benjamin St. Jude has been been pretty good, too. But I think you got to try and spin him. I would love for them to trade Kendall Fuller as well, Uh, but I don't know whether they're going to get anything for him either Uh, just because of how poorly he's played. Um, He's in the same boat as William Jackson. I don't know who in their right mind would trade for Kendall Fuller, but if there is someone out there who wants him, give him to him because you just get something back because, again, it's not working out. So Christian McCaffrey being traded to the San Francisco 49ers, the Panthers in return received a 2023 second round pick, third and fourth round pick, and a 2024 fifth round pick. So what does that mean for the Niners? Well, first of all, San Francisco really is not in need of a running back. They have really been able to turn just about anybody into a pretty capable running back uh, for their system. Whether you look at guys like Raheem Mostert or like Jeff Wilson, they can, in that Kyle Shanahan offense, they just need a body. I mean, they could go pick up, you know, Hillbilly Joe at the gas station. He would turn out to be a capable running back. They That's just what they do. So, and, and obviously, UCMC is an upgrade for this team, but... You know, trading a lot of capital away for a guy who's hurt most of his—he's been hurt most of his career. He has struggled to stay, stay healthy throughout his NFL career. It seems like that they're giving up a lot. They already don't have their first-round draft pick because of the Trey Lance deal—the uh, tra- the trade up to get Lance. So they're really kind of taking the, the Ram strategy and just trading away all those draft draft capital to uh, go get proven star players. The problem with this is I don't know if I would give up this much for a guy who's been hurt all, all this all this time. I mean, CMC has struggled to stay healthy throughout almost every single season he's played. Now, when he is healthy, yeah, he's going to make this offense better. This team is already on the verge of being a Super Bowl contender in the San Francisco 49ers. With this addition of CMC, this team has the potential to to go deep. I mean, look at Jimmy G is going to have a field day. You look at this offense, you have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle, you now have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, those are four legitimate NFL weapons. And I mean, you start lining CMC up as a wide receiver, you've got Debo Samuel as well out, out wide. Good luck for opposing defenses I mean, that, this is turning out to be something really incredible. But it all hinges on whether this guy is going to stay healthy. And throughout his NFL career, he has struggled to stay healthy. And that's really why I'm not too sure on this trade just yet. Some injury news for the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, who has struggled immensely in his first year with the Broncos. He's been ruled out versus the Jets. Brett Rippon is going to start. And then also, J.K. Dobbins. He was dealing with that knee injury to begin the year. He is now going to undergo more knee surgery. He's going to miss about four to six weeks. And then the Detroit Lions signing punter Jack Fox to a three-year extension. But the Ravens, a team who's at 3-3 right now, and that injury to J.K. Dobbins, that's going to hurt them. A lot of this is going to fall on Lamar Jackson, though. He's got to be able to carry this team. Lamar Jackson, I mean, there are some plays that he can make that nobody else makes. But it it kind of is in the same boat as, as a Kyler Murray in the sense that once you contain him, he is... Incredibly less dangerous. Uh, Lamar Jackson misses wide open guys. Uh, he he misses throws in general. So I'm I think the Ravens would be crazy not to give him a new contract. But you know Lamar Jackson. I don't know if you can you can build around guys like that. Just because if you get a, a good defense that can contain him, you're in trouble because this this is a guy who who's once he's out of the pocket, that's where he. He makes his money. That's That's where he he makes those plays. But keep him in, and he really continues to struggle, just like Kyler Murray. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Fan Podcast. If you like this episode, please remember to rate, review, and follow. Say something nice about the show. I really appreciate it. I salute our armed forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. Once again, thank you for listening. God bless you, and God bless America.